0: Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 107. I'm Alice, your host, here with, for the third week in a row, your co-host. It's still me. Emily Osborne. Hi. Anyone bored of us yet? No choice. We're here. Just don't listen. We're sticking around. No, please do listen. We would like the numbers. Yeah. It's validation. It is. I would not like to know how many times we refresh Libsyn which is our podcast host Mm. to look at the stats
1: yeah if we're coming up to a bit of a milestone like you know a record month or a record episode i'm on that all day yeah just refresh him like if we
0: got a pound for every time we refreshed yeah we wouldn't need a sponsor
1: yeah and here's a question yeah if we're nearing um a milestone do you ever do some downloads yourself no do you yeah (gasps) it's been known emily
0: confession
1: yeah I think when we were coming up to uh I think it was Jan 3,500 yeah yeah I did a couple extras oh, I always download I always download it on a Monday morning I always end up listening to it again and I think I've listened to it so many times yeah what am I expecting to hear <laughs> something new <laughs> something new. new but uh yeah so I'll always do one but yeah in Jan I did do a few sneaky,
0: Love sneaky lectures. You. I didn't in Feb though. That was all genuine. Yeah, that was a big old month. Yeah. Um, My phone has stopped downloading the podcast.
1: Oh, really? Whenever I
0: go to find it, it's like, you've not listened to this in a while. We've stopped downloading it
1: because Fair I obviously
0: I listen to it, but not on iTunes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get the pre release. You do? Yeah, pre. <laughs> special times. Yeah, your own podcast. Listen to my own voice. Um, all right. We're keeping this one short and sweet. Mm-hmm. What, what are we talking about? digital marketing hey no but it feels you know with everything that's going on all that fun it feels you know right to talk a little bit about digital marketing give people some ideas maybe if they've got a bit of extra time or they want to kind of move their business forward whilst they're trying to figure out what to do some things to think about in terms of their online presence so super simple i'm going to walk through five things that you can do right now to level up your digital marketing, which doesn't interfere with the fact that maybe right now it feels weird to show up or to sell or to make a lot of noise. Most of these are kind of background things, which never feel like a priority, but as always make a big difference. So where should I start my list, Emily? I've got number one to five sure let's do number five first number five that's my favourite one but I put it as number five because I thought it's not going to be like a clickbaity one Mm -hmm. like people might listen to it and be like oh here she fucking goes again okay boring number five is work on the foundations of a strong online presence which because you've done the six week thing selling when you're service based you are all too familiar with foundations Foundations. yeah I think a lot of the time with digital marketing we focus on the practical watch (laughs) stop saying (laughs) that Oh, guys, Evelyn literally just took an obvious sigh and just sat back in her armchair, put her legs up, and just watched me talk. (laughs) Wow, I've never felt so supported in all of my life. I'm engaged. Um... (laughs) I love it. No, I think a lot of the time with digital marketing, we focus on the practical, you know? What's it going to look like? What's it going to sound like? How many followers do I have? And I'm a big believer in all of my work that it's the foundations of that that really make a difference. So that's your brand identity, your brand values, your understanding of your ideal client, um, you know, your understanding of actually why people work with you and what makes you different. I think a lot of the time, it's that stuff that really makes a difference, but that stuff doesn't always feel logical to do. So I think spending a bit of time kind of drilling into those foundations and trying as much as you can to ignore the practical and just be like, I'm going to focus on kind of what sits underneath my online presence in terms of, you know, the brand, the ideal client, the messaging, everything else. I think that serves you pretty well. And you Um, went through that work as well, didn't you? Yeah. Whilst you were in the six-week thing for your business. Yeah. But you kind of made it applicable to you. Yeah. How did you find working through that kind of... Foundational it's, stuff. It's hard,
1: and mm-hmm. I think it's work that you don't particularly. It's definitely work that you can put off. Yes, and you can just push forward. But if you're getting to a point where you, it's not working, and you don't know why, because you're mm. you're thinking, but I'm do I'm ticking all the boxes. Yeah, showing up and posting on
0: Instagram this many times a week. Yeah,
1: exactly right. You're like, oh, I'm doing those. I'm posting at optimum times. Why am I not getting the engagement or whatever? a lot of the times it's down to the foundations and it's going back to basics and doing that work because you have to know who you want to talk to why you're doing it who they are where they are and all these things and if that's not clear or in line then nothing else is going to match
0: up you said that way better than i said it thank you very much you're welcome i think sometimes you need what you're saying to go through a filter of someone else yeah, because it's we often bit... speak in a language that we get, and then when someone else explains it, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what I meant." But that makes so much sense. Thanks. Great point. Okay, number yeah three, please. Oh, number three. This three, is one of my favorites. Um, what's that from? It's um, like a constant, countdown, a but wrong. wrong. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. I love countdown. Do you? Yeah, we watch it as a family when we eat dinner. Oh, yeah. are you good at the? Um...
1: I don't even know the word. The anagrams, is that what it's called? Uh, we're better at the number round. Are you? We're a numbers family, yeah. Oh, I'm not a numbers person. Um, I just think it's quite fun.
0: I never win. My brothers are like geniuses. Mm. But it's good to try, you know. Mm. Okay. Do you want to count yourself out? All right, so I think another way to get more sustainable in your online presence, um, again, is going to be something people have heard before, but I think we need to keep hearing, is the fact that we've got to build on our own ground sometimes because we're so used to building on social media and on Facebook and on Instagram and using all of these other platforms to build our business and that's fantastic and we want to utilise what those platforms are giving us but we also want to acknowledge that as life is teaching us right now things out of our control do change yeah so there's every possibility that one day the algorithm is going to shift in a way that isn't going to facilitate your business growing on that platform so To counteract that, it's not about not using those platforms and not utilising, you know, what Mark Zuckerberg is doing for us. But I think it's more about what you do alongside using other people's ground to build your business. So when you think about social media being borrowed ground, it's figuring out how do you build things which are also in your control. Mm -hmm. So that would be something like this podcast, you know, as much as this podcast is still facilitated through... Like Spotify and iTunes, if any of those things change, we've still got this as our own content mm. stream. And I guess you could still put that on like your website, for example, so
1: it can live and be housed in other places. It's not completely dependent
0: yes, exactly. on those platforms. And I guess it's really thinking, you know, if all social media were to die today, how would I still have my people somewhere? Yeah. You know, social media is likely gonna be the place where people are most connected to you and that's fine. But it's making sure that you've kind of got that like safety net in place. Mm. So there's just other places where you do have that connection. And those other places are places where you've got more control. Can I ask you a question around that? Yeah. How do you feel
1: about your presence being split between social media platforms? So for example, most people probably have um, a strong following on Instagram, but maybe less on like Twitter and TikTok and maybe even Facebook, whatever it is, mm. do you think it's good to have a, a split and like a diversity across that? Or would you play to your strengths and mm. say, well, my audience and my people are more on Instagram, so that's where I'm showing up more. Like, how do you approach that?
0: Yeah, I think I always go for the do one thing really well, then four yeah. things not that great approach. Mm. You know, I think if you're looking at your online presence as a whole and you're zooming out and you're not looking at just social media, You want there to be a mix for the Mm. sake of sustainability and for the sake of having, you know, multiple places to say different things so that you're, you know, you're not limited. But I think unless you have completely different audiences on different platforms, you're just probably doing everything a bit crap instead of doing one thing really well. Yeah, and you might
1: be replicating.
0: Yeah, exactly. So for me, I would only bring another social media platform in if either there was a different segment of my audience there For example, who I connect with on LinkedIn is pretty different to who I connect with on Instagram. So that's worth having as a different thing. Yeah, I think it's just thinking, like, what's going to be the most effective thing to do? Probably best just to do that thing. Do that well. Yeah, then spread it out. Because also you want to give people reason if you've got multiple platforms for them to follow you everywhere. Yeah, And if you're just putting the same thing everywhere and it's getting pretty average. It's not interesting. No, and you're just probably giving yourself more work to do. So do less, but do it better. I think is the point. So you could do a podcast would be one of those ways of kind of building on ground that isn't owned by someone else or controlled by someone else. Another idea would be something like email marketing is usually the like really well-used example of how you build a community and kind of spread a message in a way that isn't reliant on someone else's platform. That's always one that I'm a big believer in. And obviously that's a good one to get started with now you've got a bit of time because I feel like for a lot of people email is not the most exciting thing in the world
1: it's not a shiny one is it
0: no you'll know out of all of my content the midweek is the one that's least regularly kept up because it's the one I find least thrilling but mm. it's probably the most important one because you think so? yeah because I do think with email you get a real opportunity that you don't get elsewhere to get quite intimate with people in a sense that like they're letting you into their inbox so the opportunity that you have is actually far greater than mm. if you're just showing up on their Instagram feed, and I feel like I've seen some people recently do it really well.
1: Actually, your clients who will say R- you can reply to me, you can email me, we can have a chat. Yeah, I'm like that's really lovely.
0: Yeah, it's a conversation. Yeah, and I think email, you know, there is because it it can serve your business more. It does take more, which I think is why I'm a big believer of like if you're going to do email, I say do it well, but you've kind of got to do it to figure out what doing it well means for you. But don't just do your kind of copy and paste. I'm just going to send them sale emails and tell them to buy things. But actually think almost about how you use it like a social media platform to share and add value and connect and bring people together. It does take time, probably more so than social media. But I know that if Instagram went down and we were still launching, my most engaged audience is still there because I can email them instead, which is a real security to have. It is. That's I great never thoughtful. thought about it like that. Exactly. And probably the third and final space, so you've got like other content streams, email marketing would be your website. You probably remember when we did the six week thing, I get a bit like preachy when it comes to websites because I just think we don't always utilize them as yeah. much as we could because the capacity that you have on a website to say whatever you want, however you want, in whatever way you want is immense and you just don't get that elsewhere. And I think for a lot of us as business owners, we see websites as like a ticker box well I've got website there we go exercise but actually if we really treat them as as what they should be which is kind of the core of our online presence they can serve us really well and obviously become a space where we've got a lot of autonomy and people can connect with us outside of them fighting the algorithms to try and find us.
1: That's so true yeah I'm so guilty of that I'm a tick
0: box. It's easily done though, because almost like email, websites are not the most thrilling thing in the world. And we don't, do you know what it is? We don't get the instant gratification. Yeah. Like if you put tons of work into an Instagram story, you know, great, I'm going to get some replies right now. And it's like crack. But if you do an update on your website, it may completely transform your business. But you're probably not going to get anything right now that's going to affirm that. Yeah. And I think we've kind of got to stop seeing digital marketing. as like, what can I get now? But more of a like, what can I do now that in six months is going to move the needle? Mm. Hence the episode. It's what it's all about. Give me my next number.
1: Can I have a two, please, Alice?
0: Number two. Number two, I feel like you will like. Maybe you won't like because it's something that you do a lot within... My business. I was going to say our business then and that felt a bit intense to make it yours as well. <laughs> Not intense as I like, I don't want to share it, but like I didn't want to give you that like responsibility of like, this in is ours now. In these tough times. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, up until this point, it's all me. Now it's um, no, us together. Now um, No, but is looking at your metrics. Again, yeah. on the topic of things that never feel like a priority, actually just reviewing a lot of the time isn't something that we do. I think especially with digital marketing, we get very used to, the kind of vanity metrics which we're always aware of you know if i asked you right now how many instagram followers you have i reckon you could probably give me a pretty accurate number yeah i could give you an accurate number of yours as well there we go because we're really familiar with the stats we're always seeing and with the stats that we use to measure our kind of in the moment success but we very rarely take the time out to actually look at the stats oh sorry wow. that was the cat hey lamb welcome back She just was so keen to come and join in with the stat chat. Yeah, she lives. She She lives lives for a metric. But yeah, we don't often dig into the metrics that really matter. We don't always understand, you know, before that, which actually which metrics are important. So maybe that's the first thing to do. Figure out, like, what actually should I be looking at Mm -hmm. to try and measure the success of what I'm creating? Great, now I'm going to spend some time looking at that and figuring it out. And what are those metrics for you, Alice? That's actually a good question. (laughs) Do what I say, not what I do. Um, No, I think a lot of my metrics are quite qualitative, so quite hard to track, but I guess I'm just more aware of. So like with Instagram, say this podcast, downloads are great and they're fantastic, but I've said this to you before. I feel like the podcast has been way more successful when someone sends me a message saying oh, I heard about it from someone else and it's completely changed my week because X, Y, Z. That means more to me than if we have a record month in terms of downloads. So I think for me, a lot of it is realising like outside of the numbers, what actual impact do I want to have? And what impact tells me that selling my services is what I'm working towards? Instead of me valuing how many people like something, actually valuing how many people are like, oh, I really agree with that. or that's really encouraged me. I'm like, oh, that means more to me because that tells me that actually moving through that journey from stranger to client rather than just Scroll. having some fun yeah. and loving it. yeah. But yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm still not in a rhythm where I look at my metrics as much as I should. But I think even just spending random chunks of time when you can, looking at it always helps. Yeah, definitely. And when there's a peak and a trough, just trying to figure out why it's gone up or down, I think it's the most helpful thing. Like you can't always control it and naturally things kind of have to go up to go down. But when you've had a big you know rise in page views or a drop in followers just yeah. trying to figure out why has that happened I think helps us feel a bit more in control especially in times like this mm-hmm. to feel like we kind of know why things are happening yeah and then you can change it okay can I get one please Alice Ooh, penultimate number I also love the
1: word penultimate yeah I like penultimate it's a good word isn't I it I feel quite clever when I say penultimate
0: yeah, me too, and facetious. Ooh. yeah, good word, isn't it? Facetious. facetious. Um, number one, I like number one. We've already talked about it. Update your website.
1: All oh, right. <laughs> you were like, uh, ah. all right.
0: Yep, there she is again with the websites. website. So when you say update your website, yeah, what, what does that? Are mean? we updating? Ask yourself the question of what is the impact of my work? Who is it for? And how can people access that impact? A.K.A. what are my services or what are my products? And make sure that every single page on your website in some way reflects those three things. That would be my, like, first thing. okay. Actually making sure your website lines up mm-hmm. with your business and then making sure that your business is really clear across the whole of your website, I think, is really important. And then I think almost sense-checking the... Journey that's facilitated throughout your website is important as well. So if you think about your website, everyone's gonna come to it. Someone who is a complete stranger to you and someone who is really ready to work with you, but just needs to be given a next step. You need to have content on your website that meets that person, that person, and every single person in the middle who is at a different stage on that journey. So looking at each of the pages that you have, and I guess just asking yourself the question of like, what is someone looking for when they come to this page and making sure you've got those things on sounds really simple but often Mm. highlights quite big gaps. So, you know, whether that's on your services page, actually you realise like, oh, I've told them, you know, what my digital marketing coaching packages are and how they can work with me, but I've not actually introduced what coaching is and the impact that it has. Okay, there's some gaps there. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, on my about page, I've talked tons about my experience, but... I haven't really highlighted my values, and that feels really important to my ideal client. You know, I think just trying as much as we can to look through the lens of our audience when they're looking at our website and figure out where the gaps are by doing that helps. Yeah. Easier said than done. Mm -hmm. I completely acknowledge that. But I do think a lot of the time our websites, again, become that kind of tick box and they don't really reflect the business. And I always think a good test of a website is if I was like, Emily, if you met someone at an event and you had 10 seconds to say hi to them and then give them your website address, would you feel confident that them going to your website sells it and connects them to everything that's important about who you are, the impact of what you do, how it works, what the next steps are? And if the answer to that isn't like, yeah, I reckon so, you know, it never feels perfect. Mm. I think it highlights that There's maybe some gaps. Yeah, I think that's a good test. Didn't mean to call you out there. No, my face. I was like, oh no, this is (laughs) me. It's true though. And I do think websites are meant to be kind of living, breathing things and they should shift as the business does. So they shouldn't ever feel like they're done or perfect or finished. Mm. But I think almost letting them always feel imperfect helps. Yeah. Because I know I get to a place where I'm like, it feels like so much needs to change that I'm not going to change any of it. Mm. And actually I'm like, no, no, just chip away. I think just chip away is really good advice because
1: definitely we found doing the six week thing we get a lot of comments where people are like, I need to change everything. Yeah. And don't feel overwhelmed because everything's, all of those things are in your control and you can break them down into steps. Yes. It doesn't have to be everything at once.
0: I would agree. Yeah. So even just starting by listing out, you know, have a look through your website and just be like, okay, I feel like all of these things need to change. And then just prioritize those. Do yeah. one at a time. Even if you only change two of them. it's yeah. way better than you were when you didn't change any of them.
1: Absolutely. It's
0: going to be okay. Okay, Final now, one. I think it's number four.
1: Yeah. Yes. Good counting, mate. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I wasn't a numbers
0: person. There she is. Get her on countdown. Final one is consider how you can zoom out. Mm. And what I mean by that is a lot of the time, particularly when you are... Actually, no. This is product and service. What's easy to do in marketing is become known for what you offer and what you do over kind of the underlying impact and message of that. Okay. And when people's primary connection is with the thing that you offer or the thing that you sell, you box yourself in in terms of your digital marketing because it doesn't allow you any space to shift and to pivot off the back of that. Hmm. Every time I say pivot, I just feel like I need to (laughs) make a joke about it and then it's just (laughs) this internal struggle not to. But to give you an example, if people's primary connection with me was with digital marketing coaching. Shifting to the six-week thing, shifting to the retreat, shifting to this podcast would have never been possible or would have been quite tricky because I'd actually be trying to take people away from the thing that they know me for. Whereas because people's immediate connection is with me and with kind of my message and what I'm about and my values, I've built myself an online presence that has quite a longevity to it because I've got the capacity to shift Mm. so I think again is one of those things that's quite hard to work for on your own and I acknowledge that but even kind of asking yourself the question of like what does it feel like people's primary connection is with you know is it with me or is it with what I offer and if it feels like it's more the offering side thinking about what you can do to kind of take it a bit more back to you and the brand I think helps because then In times like this, when maybe you need to completely change your offering to make it digital or to make it more accessible, you're not risking your audience kind of not sticking with you because you're keeping the one thing steady that you can always keep steady, which is you and your brand.
1: I think that's really good advice. Yeah. I've definitely seen people um, change their business, Mm. change their offering um, to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't know who this is. Yeah. But exactly as you say, if you can keep that consistency that is you- And it's always going to be you. Mm. Then I think that helps people come along with you on that change.
0: Yes. Yeah. And the logical way of doing that and the easiest way of doing that is building a super personal brand, which isn't for everyone. So even if you are, say, product based and there's kind of a name to it and it's not super kind of human, it's more just asking yourself the question of how can I be more brand led? So going to give an example of a client, Sasha from Cheeky Zebra. Mm -hmm. You know the gal? We love her we're big fans, she's been on the podcast. When I started working with Sasha, we recognized that the long-term of her business wasn't purely selling cards, but her audience's primary connection because it was her primary content mm. was with the cards. Right. So we realized there's a difference between the online presence you're building and the business you're trying to work towards. So what we need to do is try and shift people's connection not away from the cards, but to a point where their primary connection, the thing that really matters is with the brand. And when I mean the brand, I don't necessarily mean Sasha because she's not actually a huge part of it, but it's kind of figuring out like when you take away the offering and the product, what's the impact of it? So for example, like within my business, the underlying impact of what I do is hopefully that I make business feel a bit clearer and a bit more intentional for people. So I want to make sure that that's what I'm known for and the things that people then know me for on top of that is how I do that. Mm. But the how shouldn't be their primary connection. So through that kind of shift that I've done, or Sasha's done, but I've just helped her to facilitate, she's now got a brand that feels more sustainable because anything else she brings in that isn't card related, as long as it ties in with that brand, is going to work. Yeah, totally. And it's got capacity to pivot. That was clever. Pivot. Love it. <laughs> we did well there to do a small talk episode with you involved.
1: Yay. Well done for staying interested
0: for half an hour. No, that
1: was really interesting. I'm I glad. Was genuinely interested. Weren't even faking it. I, that was
0: real. It's really good to know. I appreciate that. Cool. There we All go. All right. That we'll was put awesome. A s- <laughs> You said, okay, Kim. Okay. That was great. Great job, Alice. Thank you. <laughs> Keep going, Alice. <laughs> we'll put those five in the show notes so people can look back over them in whatever order they please. Maybe play your own game. She, who with? What? So know. they're just going to say, Alice, two. Yeah, who or knows? Whoever they're with. And they'll go, do. I'm, I'm doing what I can to bring us all a bit of community and fun right now, Sorry. okay? <laughs> and you are just having a little dance on your chair. Uh, we'll be back next week.
1: Do you know what we're talking about next week? Next week, we are going to talk all things
0: launching. You sound like me saying all things. Have you got that from me? Well, I think that's just language. Oh, okay. I didn't mean that as like a narcissistic, like, (laughs) you're copying me. I look like you. I (laughs) sound like you. (laughs) Yeah, tune in next Monday for the same chit-chat you've had for the last three weeks, all about launches. How we approach launches, the emotions of launches, our dynamic in launches. Say launches one more time. See you there. Bye.